0: Hello and welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your hosts, Sim and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. Sonia. Hi, Sim. How are you? I am well. How is my favorite millennial investor? Isn't that just a bit cute? I'm
1: great. We're in about day 1000 of lockdown here in Auckland. How are you going in Hamilton?
0: It is Kind of back to normal. Like we all wear masks, but that's about it.
1: I'm so happy for you and not jealous at all. It's really good.
0: That pause was piercing. So, a lot of our community members have been reaching out to us about this ever grand fiasco scenario, slip up, whatever you want to describe it. And as usual, we've all seen like the finance bros on TikTok just be like, this happened and this happened and then that happened and Lehman Brothers and like GFC, like 2.0. It's very sensationalized, I would say, but you know you know how we are here. We just want to break it down. We want to make it clear. We want to make you laugh, and hopefully you can get away from this episode when you're done and just be able to hold a conversation with a finance bro and just be like, no, you know what? I got it. Now I understand, and actually, XYZ
1: is Probably not going to happen. So Evergrande is the second largest real estate company in China. The company was founded in 1996 by Hu Kai Yan. Currently, their assets amount to over $330 billion. Now, obviously, that includes property in China, but also insurance, theme parks, electric cars, and they also own China's largest soccer team slash franchise. So quite a variety of assets there. But here's the tea, the liabilities. So they have over $300 billion worth of liabilities. They're the most indebted real estate developer in the world. And the question people are asking now is, where did it all go south? There's probably a lot of research that you could put into retracing the steps to get to where the company is now, but I'll keep it brief. Back in 2018, the central bank raised Evergrande as a company that have the potential to pose systemic risk to China's financial system. They had like a list of companies and Evergrande was on that list. So the red flag was raised back in 2018. Then last year in 2020, Beijing brought out new rules to control the amount of money owed by real estate developers in China. Evergrande in response to this offered large discounts to properties to Keep some level of cash flow going, but what ended up happening was they started really struggling to meet interest payments on their debts because of the large discounts they were offering on properties. Fast forward to September 2021, they missed a payment for their offshore debt. It was due on the 22nd of September and the amount that they missed, get this, and this is purely an interest payment was $47.5 million. They also missed paying $83.5 million in coupon on another bond last Thursday, which is ridiculous amounts of money. Like when I was looking into this, I had to make sure that I was reading the numbers
0: correctly. Suddenly, my $50,000 student loan doesn't feel so bad. So, I guess this kind of leaves us all wondering like when we saw the news, like, okay, cool, like that's happening there in China. What does that mean for me as an investor who, one, doesn't live in China and two, invests in primarily US stocks, but also stocks internationally as well? And I think the main concern or the main question we've all had is how does a real estate company in China? directly affect the stock market and the rest of the world like it's not a very clear cut connection that we can all just kind of infer in our heads. so I just want to break down what this means and what can possibly happen and if we even need to worry about it a lot of people have thrown around the concept that maybe this is like the GFC maybe this is like the Lehman Brothers which if you don't know was um, a really big bank they invested heavily in real estate real estate was doing really poorly. They had a lot of people default on the mortgages that they were giving out. And so they crashed. And because they were such a big bank, that kind of helped start the GFC. So I think what people are worried about is Evergrande going to become like the GFC 2.0. So to take a step back, how does it actually affect the stock market? With Evergrande, people are essentially not buying up their real estate. They're not buying up homes because Everyone was really into property. It became really hot there. And then suddenly it started to cool off. And how Evergrande works is they borrow money to make the house and then they sell the house afterwards. So they've got a model that's based on assumptions that people will buy later on. But if that last step doesn't happen, if people don't buy, then now they're stuck with all this debt, right? And so how that affects investors is that Evergrande takes these loans to build these homes in different ways. They take some loans from the bank, but they also take loans from investors in the form of bonds. So bonds are basically Evergrande saying to companies like Vanguard, like Goldman Sachs, they're like, hey, um, can you loan us like a million dollars and then we'll pay you back a million dollars with like 8% interest every year. And so those companies give the money, then Evergrande uses that money to build their projects. It's one of the ways that they get money. It's, of course, not the only way. But now if they can't give those bond payments back to those investors, Mm -hmm. those investors have lost money. And how that affects us is that those investors, like Vanguard, like BlackRock, like Goldman Sachs, they took those loans that they gave to Evergrande and packaged them two everyday investors like you and I package them into their investment funds and so they're going to lose out now and have to sell some of their other stock to make up for the loss. Do you see that sort of weird loop-de-loop of how it relates back to us? Mm-hmm. I don't even see it as a
1: loop-de-loop. I feel like it's just a domino effect when you're relying on someone to pay you and then you have to pay someone else. It makes sense.
0: So, how can Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach, and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tapiphone today. So on one hand, you've got Evergrande on one side of the problem. On the other side are people like you and me, everyday investors, and then in the middle, are the people that have lent Mm -hmm. money to Evergrande and then package that bond payment as sort of investments to us. And then that has that domino effect from them all the way back down to us. Then there's also things like all the companies that are involved in building these homes, the companies that are involved in the lending of these homes, they all start to get affected as well. China has 78% of their wealth in real estate which is quite similar to Australia, New Zealand, and a bit of the US as well, about 30% of their GDP is tied up in real estate. So on one hand, yes, it's going to affect the Chinese market and their real estate market. But on the other hand, there's that possibility that it's going to lead back to investors. So that's what people are concerned about. However, the kind of main question is, does that actually mean our stocks are going to go down because that's kind of all we care about to a degree, right?
1: Yeah. The question on a lot of people's minds is, will the government actually let them fail or like, will they bail them out? Because I think what they're trying to not do is be like, yep, we can bail you out. And then future companies like Evergrande going to do the same thing like they're never gonna learn the consequences of their actions so to speak i guess not as harsh but i guess they don't want to set the precedent that this can happen with other companies
0: that find themselves in the same situation i completely agree and i think there's there's really three things that can come out of this one like you said china can bail them out but then it's at the expense of other companies being like well We can just take on a lot of risk because our government and China is just going to kind of be there for us and, and, you know, buy the company off us and take on the debt. The other is that China could just let Evergrande go down, but that's not very likely. And their government is known to jump in and help in these sort of situations. And they're known to make sure that this kind of domino effect within their own country doesn't end up being so large. And then they could just shift the debt. They could say, well, Evergrande could shift their debt and say, hey, like, give us more time, give us more time. We'll pay everyone back because that's the main concern, right? But like I said, the main concern that we've all got is, will this affect the stock market? Is my stock going to go down? And I think Forbes put it very well. The main concern is not this systemic risk of the global economy crashing, that is isn't necessarily what's going on but it's more the fear of what's going on is going to cause investors to get scared pull their money out and that is the issue that it's going to spook the market people are going to pull out their investments and that might cause a temporary reduction now i say temporary because every time for the past 40 years the S&P 500 has always bounced back from a drop including the GFC, including the dot-com bubble. For me, I'm not that worried, but I am aware that in the coming weeks, there might be a little bit of a sale. Things might be a little bit cheaper because other people are pulling out and they're scared because they don't understand what's going on. But besides that, that's it. It's
1: one thing to read about like the GFC and like previous like stock market crashes and stuff and then actually be in it and the hype of it.
0: I honestly had to have a little bit of a giggle because on a news website that I love and honestly I'd call trustworthy, their title was like stock market plummets. And I was like, oh, okay, like let me have a look at this plummet. And NASDAQ had gone down 1.7%. Oh my God.
1: I remember this post. I was like, that
0: is me being dramatic about anything ever. <laughs> that is like me when I forget to put the dishwasher on for our power. like it's it's not the end of the world.
1: Yeah, it's amazing what happens when you actually click the article and actually read through it and critically think about the
0: numbers that they're presenting. <laughs> and it's like their job, right? Like they want you to click on it because they want the views, and so they're going to do what they can. And like from their point of view, I get it. But from the point of view of someone that might just be like learning about the stock market, like that's just one more thing that makes them think, oh, that's really risky. Like, I don't think that's for me when 1.7% is nothing in a day that there have been days where there have been drops far, 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 far more worse. But anyways, I think this would be a good place to wrap it up to summarize what was spoken about essentially evergrande they are a huge second largest real estate developer in china they're over 300 billion dollars in debt to a lot of different companies a lot of investment funds as well and that can directly affect investors but more importantly it's the fear of what's going to happen next that might cause a small drop in the market but like i said most drops do recover especially if you're in a low-cost well-diversified fund so if that's the case you can sleep easy tonight
1: so before we go make sure you follow us on instagram at girls that invest and also our facebook group there's been so many women posting in that group and it's so amazing to see so many different people from all over the world help each other out Don't forget to leave us a review in Apple Podcasts. We appreciate all and any feedback. And to finish off with our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Alrighty, till next time, Sim. Till next time, Sonia.